This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Starting off with this week's podcast, because someone who listens to all my shurim said that the first word that I say every single week is so. So I don't want to say the first word is so. This week's parsha. Anyway, this week's parsha. Vayigash tonight is it's Hanukkah, a very holy day. Last day to do tshuva before your books get closed for the rest of the year. So it's a, a lot of the rebbes have big suudays uh, tonight, big meals. So I want to talk a little bit about. I want, we'll learn some medrash on chuma, but so the question is: It says Vayigash Eluf Yehuda that Yehuda approached Joseph, and uh, Rashi says he was very threatening. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill Paro. There are different things. You're his greatest Paro. He was com- he was complimenting. He was threatening. So why did Yehuda all of a sudden, at this point, decide that you know that's it enough? Why why didn't he do this a long time ago? Because they really the brothers really felt that the reason that there become that Shimon was put in as an Eved because Shimon was the one that sold. And actually sold Yosef, right? Or put him in the pit. Put him in the pit, right? So that he actually got punished more than everybody else. And they, they were looking at everything as, this is all happening because of Yosef. So just like the Hasare Ruge Malchus, when the king said, well, you ten have to take over, you have to die because the Shvatim who sold Yosef didn't die, so they said, time out. We're going to go to Shemayim, we're going to find out if it's been a Shemayim. Because Ben Shemayim, we're not going to fight you. Shemayim Kogel went up, and they told him, "You have to, you guys have to die." And they didn't fight them, Taka. So over here, Yehuda wasn't fighting because, as far as he was concerned, this we deserve this. This is what's this is what's supposed to happen to us. But what happened at the end of the last week's parasha, Pastor Mikates, right? Yehuda says, "Ma noy What should I tell you? Ma nadaba. What, could, what words can I tell you? Man, it's not talking. Hashem found the sins of your servants. We're all going to become your slaves. Binyamin, who they found the cup in his hand, and all of us are going to become your slaves. So Yosef answered them. Yosef, I would never do such a thing. I don't want you all to become Avadim. The guy who stole the cup, he's going to be the Eved. And you go go home. You just said, uh oh. That's not good. Why? Because if this whole thing is because we sold Yosef, why is he imprisoning Binyamin? Binyamin wasn't there. Binyamin didn't do anything wrong. So all of a sudden, Yehuda's anger was like, one second. This is not from Shemayim. This is not from Shemayim. This is from this wicked guy who's doing this to us. So then he said, but you guys should have to get, get over here. I'm going I'm to wipe you out. Until then, they thought it was Mida Kenegad Mida. But it wasn't Mida Kenegad Mida. It was, why you putting Benjamin in jail and you're letting us all go? We're the ones who sold Joseph and letting us all go? That's why, that's why he approached him. And there's a lot of Midrashim on this. And there was really... A war of the worlds. You, Yehuda, the, the Jews were going to go in there and they were just going to, they were going to rip, totally rip Mitzrayim apart. Now, I want to read you uh, two Medrash Tamchumas of this week's parasha. And there's some, a very important lesson in the, that we can see in the first one. So, Yehuda is compared to a lion, right? Yosef is compared to an ox. So he says the following. 
Well, first of all, it says the following. It says, The lion is the strongest of all animals, and he does not turn away from any animal. He's not scared. The lion is not scared of any animals. Okay? There's a story of Mendoza. He was in Eretz Yisrael, and he saw a lion in Eretz Yisrael, a mountain lion. Came face to face with a mountain lion. Abalal, so Rechinina said to him, Imelachalash, you weak king, he said to the lion, you weak king. Um, haven't I, haven't I swore that you would, that there would be no lions ever saw in Eretz Yisrael? Miyad Barach, immediately the lion ran away. Okay, so he was his Rechinina Mendoza, right? And he has the kayak over animals because Animals really were created to serve man, and until man sinned, the animal was very scared of the man. But because we sinned, the animal was no longer scared of us. But a person who doesn't sin was a tzaddik, right? It's not the snake that kills you, Ella. It's the stachet that kills you, not the snake that kills you. So he met this lion face to face, and he said, You weak king, I swore that you wouldn't be seen in Israel, and right away, Ran away. What did he do wrong? Anyone here know what he did wrong? He did something wrong. So Ratzacher ran Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Hanina ran after the lion. Can you imagine? Watching a human being run after a lion instead of a lion running after a human being. Amalo. So Rabbi Hanina Mendoza caught up to the lion. And he said to him, Nanesi lecha. Please, I, I, I sin to you. Please forgive me. Why? What did I do wrong? Shikarasicha chalosh. That I called you weak. Called you a weak lion. I said, you weak lion. Right? So because I called you weak, I'm sorry. What's wrong with calling the lion weak? Me, shibaracha, karacha, gibar. You who God called the strong one. Shinem alayish gibar So if Hashem called you strong, I don't have a right to call you weak. You, you hear how sensitive this Rav Chanina Mendoza was to a lion for calling him weak. Unbelievable. Okay. Amr Avishu ben Nechamia, mihu sharay shal shar, who is in the animal kingdom, who is above the, the ox, right? And oxes can, uh, with the horns, can be pretty scary. Ari, the lion, is still the king of the jungle. Kach Yosef Shar, Yosef was called Shar, how do we know? It says Bechar Sharoi Hadarlo Yehuda Ari, like it says here when he got benched, Gur Ari Yehuda, right? Me Amai Kenegan Hashari, who here went up against the Shar, who was who was Yosef Atzadik, the Lion Yehuda, the Yigash Elav Yehuda. Amar Av Yudan, some of you have heard this message. It's very fascinating. Amar Av Yudan, Kishayis Chamatzu Yehuda Elav. When when Yehuda got very angry, Hayushtei Sharois two hairs. Yotzos mitoch libo came out of his heart, you know, from his chest. The karais is begadov, and it ripped through his clothing. You knew that it's time not to mess with Yehuda when the hair is pierced through his clothing. When he specifically wanted to get even angrier, he would he would um, he would fill his leather belt with copper pieces. And he would take them, and he would chew on these 
copper pieces, and his 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 anger would get even more. Ze Yehuda. Okay? Fine. Now, Yosef saw that he was in trouble. He realized that he's in trouble. What do you do if you see that you're in trouble? Ishchacham. He did something very smart. Once Yosef saw that Yehuda was getting this angry, Omar, he said, uh-oh, um, now Mitzrayim is going to be destroyed. Because they, they, they already took care of Shechem. Now they're going to take care of, uh, they're going to compare to take care of Mitzrayim. He says, Marshall Lishnei Aslidim Tefushin Zebazet. Two very rich, powerful people, nobles, were fighting with each other. When one of them saw that the other guy was going to win, Omar, he said, He's going to to beat me, and now I'm going to be embarrassed in front of everyone. So what did the the weaker one do? He, He kissed him. In other words, he realized, if I don't make peace, I'm going to get really... And the other guy automatically... You know, realized at this point that Yehuda was going to wipe out Mitzrayim. But something else happened, and it says that while Yo- that while Yosef and Yehuda were fighting with each other. Omar Malchei Asharei Zelazeh, the angels said to each other, "Bo neiris lematav neiris shabari misnachem zemzeh." Let's go down. I guess they like a good fight. Let's go down and watch the lion and the ox gore each other. Because normally a shor, an ox is scared of the lion. But now it seems to be that the shor Yosef wasn't backing down, right? And uh, they were fighting. So what happened? So he saw, Yosef saw that the ten, these ten Giborim were standing in front of him, and he knew that each one of them could, could destroy ten countries, right? So he put guards on the doors, and he took Shimon away from them, because Shimon Valevi, as a, as a, as a, as a partnership, destroyed the whole, the whole, um, Shechem, right? So he knew that that would not be, that wouldn't be good to be together. Shimon turned to his brothers and he said, you're doing to me what you did to Yosef. You're leaving me here? You're going to leave me here and you're going to go back up to, to, to our father? And they said, what should we do? If, if we don't go back with the food, then our families are going to die. So he said, okay, do whatever you have to do. And you're going to leave me, you're going to, you're, he said, so he turned around, listen to this. And Shimon said to Yosef, so you're going to put me into jail? Which one of you thinks he could put me into jail? None of you could put me into jail. So Yosef sent to Paro, he said, send me 70 of your strongest men. So they sent them. And Yosef told these, these strong guys to put shackles on, um, on Shimon's legs and bring him to jail. Came to Chicago Etzlo. When they uh, when they got when they got close to him, Tzavach Mehem, he began Shimon. He began to scream at them, and they trembled. He yelled so loud they fell on their faces and they broke their teeth. Okay, so they weren't putting him in jail. Shimon wasn't scared of nobody. 
But, listen to what happened. Very interesting medrash. Menashe, the son of Yosef, was sitting there. So Yosef said to Menashe, Kumata, you get up and put him in jail. Menashe got up. And he hit him with a, one shot. Hit Shimon with one shot. He knocked him out. Menashe knocked out Shimon and he brought him into the prison and he put on the, the leg irons. Shimon said to his brothers, Are you telling me that someone in Mitzrayim could hit me that hard? Something's wrong here. That shot that I just took that came from our father's house. That had to be from a Bnei Yaakov. It doesn't make any sense that a Mitri could do this to me. Okay? So now they became very scared because they saw that whoever this guy is, right, was um, was able to do this. Amalehem Yosef, bring me Binyamin. So they brought him Binyamin. Amalehem, he asked him, "Are you the youngest?" He said, "Yes." He asked Binyamin, "This is a beautiful, beautiful medrash." He said, "Yeshlecha Isha, Binyamin, are you married?" Amalehem, I am married. He asked him, "Yeshlecha Banim, do you have children?" Amalei Yeshli Asara, Binyamin had ten sons. Umashimam, and he asked them, "What are their names?" And he said, after he told them, the names Bela, Becher, Ashbel, Geira, Echi, Naman, Mupim, Chupim, Ard, Yered. This is like, what kind of names are those? Those are not Jewish names, like. Where'd you get those names from? So listen to what he said. Amalo ben Yaman said to Yosef, thinking Yosef is still a mitzri, right? Kulam al shem achi ben imi. Every one of my children I named after my brother. Shohayagadali menu, he was, he was older than me, right? He named every single one of these kids after Yosef. He did not want to forget Yosef. Karasilim elah shemeth, so I called them the following names. Bela, because Nivla. My brother was swallowed up in the pit. He was swallowed up amongst the nations. Becher, because he was the Bechar. He was the oldest of my mother's children. Ashbel, because she was, he was sent into captivity by Hashem. Sheba Ukel, Hashem put him in captivity. Gera, because he, I know he's in it somewhere. He's living as a stranger. Comes from the word Ger. Naaman, because he was very pleasant. Echi, because he was my brother. Um, right? Mupim. Because Mupim comes from the word Yafe or Miyafe, which means handsome. Chuke, chupim, he said, because he did not see my chuppah, and I did not see his chuppah. And Ard comes from the word Yered, that he went into exile. And Vered, that Vered is a, is a rose. So Binyamin, Binyamin, instead of forgetting his brother, right, instead of forgetting his brother, he named every single child so that every child he had, it would bring him back a memory of the brother that he lost. Now, if you look in the Chumash, it's something that I say all the time. Yosef HaTzadik also named his children. Where did he name his children? Last week's Pasha. Where did he name his children? Everyone knows his name, right? Ephraim and Manasseh. But why did he name him that name? So he says the following. Yikri Yosef, Eshem Habachar Menashe, 
Because Hashem helped me forget all my pain, it's called base Avi and my whole family. Hashem Hashem that Hashem helped me multiply in the in the land of my of my pain. And it's brought down in the Svarim that the reason that Yaakov would not bless Menashe with his right hand and he switched, that the reason that he did not bless Menashe with his right hand is because Menashe's source of his name was to forget what he went through and to forget his family. And he said, I cannot give a bracha because everyone's name is your, is your source. And Yaakov said, I cannot give a bracha with my right hand on a child that his source is to forget where he comes from. And that's why, that's brought down, that's why he didn't give him the right hand and he switched with Ephraim. Ephraim with a bracha ki Ephrani. He was, he was having hakar satov. But Menashe, the base of the name Menashe is to forget. Binyamin did the opposite. Binyamin made sure that every one of his children that was born would not forget his brother Yosef. Just the opposite. He did exactly the opposite. Okay. Now, the, the thing that I really want to talk about, I, I spoke many years ago, I don't know how many of you guys remember, about Yosef's growth. So first of all, I spoke about this and I have to tell you that I didn't I was so happy when I prepared the shir because I knew I heard it I thought I heard it from Rabbi Shem Shepikas because I learned a lot of chidah and I listened to a lot of his tapes and I, I didn't know where I heard it from and I saw this week Taka, that, 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 that it says it here if we go back if we go back a parasha so I, I've spoken about this many times that, that, that a person the most important the most important thing to anyone in this world is acceptance it's acceptance. People go to the army because you're accepted. People go to gangs in California, right? They'll even kill for them because they're accepted. Kids go into the streets and, and, and go off to Derek because the street accepts everybody. There's no one that the street does not accept. You're not accepted in yeshiva. Your parents don't accept you. You walk into the street, they don't care if you have money, you don't have money, you wear a yarmulke, you don't wear a yarmulke, you did well in school, you didn't go to school, your parents are important, your parents are rubs, they're not a rub, they're not a rabbi, they don't care about nothing. The minute you walk into the street, the street accepts you, as you are. Nobody asks you how much money, how big is your house, who your parents are, they don't care. So, a lot of kids, that whole subculture that lives in the streets, the reason is because they're not accepted anywhere else. So the most important thing is acceptance. Rose struggled with acceptance. The, the, we talked about this. That the minute he called her BT, right? Boaz called her my daughter. Accepted her. One of the biggest struggles that I that we have with with kids today is that you know when a kid changes and he doesn't dress the way his parents want him to dress and he's not doing what he's not, he's not he's no longer accepted in the family because he looks different and he talks different. And once he feels unaccepted, he looks for a place that he will be accepted. And sometimes it's in a very terrible place that he found on the internet. And sometimes it's just playing the street. We will do anything to be accepted. We will do crazy things, you know, to be accepted. The, the whole psychology of being a fan, a Yankee fan, right, is that you're not playing the game, but you're part of a group. We are Yankee fans. We are Mets. Well, Mets don't have any fans, but we are, you know, we are Yankee fans. We are Giant fans. And, 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 and when you sit in a stadium and everyone's screaming together, you just feel part of something. You want, everyone wants to be part of something, right? Individual by himself, he gets depressed. 
Everybody wants to be accepted. Yosef Atzadik, right? Yosef Atzadik, he wanted to be accepted by his brothers. In the beginning, we, I wasn't here last week. This was my share last week. In the beginning of Pashat Yeshev, right? The Torah tells us straight up, right? Who nar has been a bill of has been a zilpa? Who 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 was he friendly with? The other six didn't accept him. But it doesn't say who nar has been a leia bill of zilpa leia. Only bill of zilpa because he used to defend them and try. He tried to make friends between them and the other six, you know, sons of Leah. So the Torah tells us right away, this boy, right, who now has been a Bilov, has been a Zilpa, the Sheavim. So he was, he was different. He wasn't accepted by his brothers, right? Okay. Now, if you go down a little bit, right, we see that he gets lost. His father's very smart. His father sees his brothers are not accepting him. His father sees that, um, by the way, I said something this Shabbos, very, very interesting. You ever think about, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Mice of a similar bunim. Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, when he left his parents' house, when he went onto the mountain of Hamaria, what happened? He had a dream. Yaakov Avinu also had a dream, right? Yaakov Avinu had a dream. Yosef Atzadik had a dream. Then he had another dream. And the brothers, if you look at the Pasuk, it's interesting. It comes out of someone's mouth. The brothers said, they called him the Baal HaChalaymais. Now, Baal HaChalaymais means the man of dreams. But also a Baal, in Jewish, a Baal is an owner. Baal HaBais, right? Baal HaBas is an owner. Yosef, they called him the Baal HaChalaymais. He was the Baal HaChalaymais because... Yaakov has a dream, then Yosef has two dreams, right? And then he goes, he goes into the pit, into the, into jail, and the two Khartoumim have a dream, and he translates their dream, and then Paro has a dream, look how many dreams we had so far, right? And Paro has a dream, and he's able to translate Paro's dreams. So Yosef was the Baal HaChalemais. He owned the dreams. He was able to translate what they said was true. He was able to translate Paolo's dreams. That's what, that's what, that's what actually got him out. But really what actually got him out is very interesting because at the end of the parsha of Ayeshev, right, and I said this to Shabbos, a lot of us, you know, go through life and we see things and it, we don't, you know, we're not sensitive to it and we're not sensitive to other people. Do you know what got, you know what got, I asked, I asked people in, in, in the Shabbos, so what got Yosef out of jail? Anyone here know what got Yosef out of jail? He was in jail, huh? What? Itochon? No, he told the guy, he, he didn't have Itochon. He told him, he told, that's why he, by he told him he had Itochon in the Saramashkin. That was wrong. That's not what got him out of jail. What got him out of jail? Fascinating answer. What got him out of jail? How did he get out of jail? The dream. What? The dream. How did... Sarah got him out of jail? No. No. That's not what got him out of jail. Dang. You listen to my share? No, I didn't say it last week. Listen, listen to what happened. Listen to what happened. Listen to what happened. I didn't give a shit last week, right? Okay. No, I didn't say it by the girls. 
Yes? No, you didn't. No, I did not. I did not. Listen to this. And Yosef came to them in the morning. Vayar also. Remember, I always talked about Avraham Avinu, the second Vayar, not the first Vayar. Vayar also, and he saw them. They weren't doing well. They looked depressed. Okay, that would not have gotten them out. Seeing that they looked depressed would not have gotten them out. But. He asked these two ministers, Why why don't you look good today? What's going on? That's what got him out of jail. See, if, if he wouldn't have never asked them that, they would have never told him the dream. He wouldn't have translated the dream. He wouldn't have been out there and he would have never known to tell Paro that there's a Jew that knows how to translate the dream. The whole key for him to get out of the jail, because he asked somebody... What's wrong? So simple. You see, I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone here. When I was asking it on Shabbos, they were all like, Hashem, Bitochon. I mean, of course Hashem gets credit, but I'm just saying, but outside of that, it wasn't Hashem, and it wasn't Bitochon. It was Yosef Atzadik caring that you don't look good today. Going on the bus, some lady's sitting there, and she's like really depressed, and you're like, lady, how you doing? Not so good. What's wrong? That's all he did. What's wrong? When they told him what's wrong, he fixed it, and that's what helped him later. Godless. It's such godless. The tell you it's such godless because it's such a small little thing. He just asked them. You know how many other people were in that prison that saw these two guys not looking good? So that, so that he, first of all, that he saw that they weren't looking good. That, that he saw. You looked at the person. Whoever looks at the person. Second of all, Madua, 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 Penechim Ramayom. Me included. How many times have I asked somebody, why do you look so bad today? What's going on? I never asked that. I see people in shul, they don't look good, they look sad, they don't look happy. If I ask somebody, what's going on, man? You okay? Not, so how's everything? Baruch Hashem, bye. You know? Baruch Hashem. Somebody asked me, who that just told me, he said, every time he asked me, he says, so, how's it going? I'm like, Baruch Hashem, he goes, no, no, I know Hashem is blessed, but how's it going? No, Baruch Hashem, I know, I know God's blessed, but how's it going? Like, you know, Baruch Hashem is not an answer. That means God's blessed, God's always blessed. So the godless over here, it's such godless, such a small little thing. That, where did Yosef get that from? That's from a, from a realm of Yenu. He looked, the first time he didn't react, Vayari looked again. He saw these three guys out there in the desert on the hottest day of the year, and he ran to Vayari. Right across them. This is what got Yosef out of jail. We got Yosef out of jail was a very little thing. You ask anybody who got Yosef out of jail, they're not going to tell you that he asked them how you're doing. That's all he asked them. What's wrong? You have to be much more sensitive to people, and you, and you all of a sudden you realize that some people are not so doing so well, and they would love if somebody would ask them, you know, what's going on. I talk about this all the time about the ladies who sit outside and collect tzedakah. Can I get you a tea? Can I get you a drink? Give the person a chiyas. They're, they're, they're collectors. They don't feel much about themselves. And you think you didn't do anything. Okay, so a big guy got her a tea. Hello? It saved his life. It saved his life. Then he became second to the king. Then he translated his dreams. So actually, so actually, him asking what's wrong saved the whole Mitzrayim. Actually saved the whole world. 
they would have all starved. Because had he not asked that, not translated the dream, the Paul's dream wouldn't have been translated, they wouldn't have known to save the seven good years for the seven bad years. So actually, let's take it to another level. Actually asking someone, what is wrong? Save the world. Not a miracle! How you doing? First of all, recognizing there's something wrong, and second of all saying, what is wrong? Save the whole world. It's crazy. I was talking about on Shabbos and I was like, we're always looking for like that. Save the world! You gotta do like that crazy stuff to save the world. You gotta, you gotta open rehabs and, 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 and yeshivas and kiruv organizations and blah! Millions of dollars! I, saw, I gotta save the world! You gotta, you gotta save the world. How you doing? What's bothering you, man? What's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. Save the whole world. It's crazy. One little pussy. So, let's go back a little bit. So it says in Pashtah, The man found him and he was lost. A son in the field. Same thing. The Malach asked him, what's wrong? What, what are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for my brother. So, you know my, my share on this, right? That why does it say he found him before he lost? First someone gets lost, then you find him. The Bible says he found him. And behold, it's the same, the same shot that I just said right now. The Torah says, and he found him, and behold, he was lost. No, no. He was lost, so he found him. You can't find something till it's lost. So it should say, and he was lost, and the Malach found him. Not, he found him, and he was lost. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It's in the wrong order. Right? And then he says, Matavakish, what do you want? If I see someone try to find on Avenue J where the store is, whatever it is, I'm like, so what do you want? I would say like, are you lost? Looking for a store? Where are you going? Where would you like to go? Can I help you get there? Malach after Matavakish. Tavakish is a word. It means like, what do you want? So, what happened here, and it's the same thing I just told you in, in this parish with Yosef, what happened here is that many times kids and people are lost, but you don't know that they're lost. You don't know that they're lost. So first has to come the Vayim Tse'ehu. You stop, you find him, you talk to him, and after a while you're talking to this kid, and he looks like everything's great, you're talking to him, there's stuff coming out, like what? This kid's in pain? Well, this kid is lost? And you're going to wait until the kid is bleeding, so to say, spiritually, and is lost, it's going to be very hard to bring them back. So sometimes you catch, like, like a disease, right, stage one, you catch it early. So the Torah is telling over here, no, ish. the Malach Gabriel met Yosef, he, he bumped into him, he met him, he started talking to him. The Hine and behold, the Hine means and behold, the Hine and behold, this guy is lost in the field. He didn't know that he was lost until he spoke to him. Probably also he was walking a straight line, whatever it was. He started talking to him. As he started talking, he found out he was lost. He said, he said to him, so what do you really want? Mat Vakesh. What are you looking for? Yosef Atzadik, what do you want? The Malach said. What do you want? He didn't ask him where you're going. He didn't ask him where you're going. He said, what do you want? And Yosef answered, Es Vakesh. I want to be accepted. I want my brothers to accept me. But they did not accept him. And even in this week's parasha, when he gives them a bomb of Musr, they did not accept him. 
And not only they did not accept him, and I was going crazy the shops when I was speaking, right? Not only did they did not accept him, because I was talking to a, whatever, a group, and I wanted them to understand this. Yosef was sent by his father to ask them how you guys are doing, how the sheep are doing, right? A beautiful message. Yaakov was trying to make peace between Yosef and his brothers. So if he comes, and the brothers are like, oh, now what do you want? No, 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 I came to say you guys are doing and, and daddy wants to know how the, how the, how the cattle are doing. So Yaakov thought maybe they'll make peace. He actually came, and he's not telling them dreams, and he wants to see how they're doing. They never gave him a chance to say why he was coming. They never gave him a chance. You know why they didn't give him a chance? The Pasuk tells you. The Pasuk says, Vayiru oso merachok. They saw him from far. When you, when, when you don't bring a person close to you, when you look at a person, you see some kid that's dressed a little different and looks a little different. We make all these judgment calls from afar. So what happened, says the Torah? The minute they looked at him, he never got to them. He never got to talk to them, right? So what happened? Before he could even get close to them to tell them I'm here on a peace mission, so they were already planning to kill him. And I told everybody there, if you judge kids, if you judge people from afar, you might as well kill them. You might as well kill them. Because you have no idea what's going on in this kid's heart, or what they're going through, or why they're doing. And that's why it says that you're never allowed to judge a person, right? You're not allowed to judge a person until you're in his place. Now, that's about as close as you can get to a person. That doesn't mean you should judge, right? You cannot judge a person until you're in his place. And being that in physics we learn no two objects can occupy the same space, it means you can never judge another person, even, forget about it from afar, even from close. Because deep down you don't know what that person is going through. Because you can't. So here, they looked at him from afar. And what did they say? He already had a name! It's like, it's like a Rebbe who like, you know, the kid's coming to 8th grade, and in 7th grade, he already had a name. So what did they say? They were all brothers. What did they say? They were right, he was the master of the genes. Because that's what saved everybody in the end. But They didn't find out if he's coming for peace. They said, ah, here's the dreamer. Must be he's coming to tell us another. Five times we're going to bow down to him. So they never spoke to him. What did they do? And now, let's kill him in the baros. Let's throw him into one of the bars and say, and then we'll see. We'll see what's going to be with his dreams. He said that we're going to bow down to him, but if we kill him, we're not going to bow down to him. So you're going to see that his whole dreams aren't true. He never got a chance to say, guys, daddy sent me to find out how you're doing. Nah. They never gave him a chance. Okay? So now, later on, when they come down to Mitzrayim, in Parashas Mitzrayim, right? What happens? And this is the Chidah that I saw, which I thought was a Rosh Hashim Pinkis, but it's not. It's a Chidah. He says the following. Vayar Yosef is Echav. Yosef saw his brothers. Vayakirem. And he recognized them. Right? He recognized every one of his brothers. He gave them a very hard time. Where do you come from? 
Vayakir Yosef is Echav, and Yosef recognized his brothers. But they did not recognize him. You just said the Pasuk before, that he, that he recognized them. Why are you telling me again that he recognized them? So there's a thing called Bitmia, which means it's Vayakir. The first Pasuk says that Yosef recognized them. The second Pasuk is like, Vayakir Yosef is Echav. Yosef recognized his brothers. And they did not recognize him? That's what the Pasuk is saying. What's the Pasuk saying over here? We know that Yosef HaTzadik looked exactly like Yaakov Avinu. They were carbon copies of each other. And we learned this Chidah many years ago. The Chidah says that Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam and Yosef was a Gilgal of Adam and each one of the Ovos came back to fix one of the Averos that Adam did, Avram Avinu was Avaydizara, and Yitzchak was Shrichas Damim, and Gilead Royas, immorality, that's where Yaakov came to fix, right? Yaakov came to fix, and he had the 12 Shvatim, and Yosef, who was also a Gilgal of Adam, came to fix it, and that was the whole war that he had with Potiphar's wife, and if the Sultan could have won and Yosef would have sinned, the world would have been destroyed. So Yosef looked exactly like his father. They were the same Gilgal. They looked exactly alike. In fact, it's put down in the Medrash that when he was with Potiphar's wife and he went to open the window, he saw his reflection in the window. And when he saw his reflection of the window, since he looked exactly like his father, not like a father, his father's ghost showed up at the window. That, that's not what happened. But he saw his own face, which reminded him of his father. He knew that his father's face is the only of the others that was saying his face that's on Hashem's Kisa covered. And he realized, if I'm going to do this Avera, they're going to remove my, father, my father's face, which is my face, from the Kisa covered. So when he looked at the reflection in the window, he actually saw his father, which means they looked exactly alike. They looked exactly alike. Now you're going to say, yeah, but Yosef, when he was a kid, didn't have a beard. Yeah, but now he did. So if Joseph had a beard and Yaakov had a beard and they looked exactly alike, how could the brothers not recognize him? They were looking at their father. He had a beard. Father had a beard. So you tell me he had a white beard and he had a black beard, big deal. Uh, the, the, you know, if you see someone in a white beard and someone in a black beard, they look exactly alike, except for the color of the beard. You know, oh, that's his son. He looks exactly alike. So how could they, so the, 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 the toy was saying, Yosef recognized them, how could they not recognize them? Now, this shot I thought was of Shem Shepinkas, but it's not. It's And he was very upset, Yosef, that they did not recognize him. And the answer is very simple. I, I, I think you have to be in Chinuch to know this answer, but maybe not. The answer is, the Medrash says that when they came down to Mitzrayim, the brothers knew they sold him to that was going down to Mitzrayim. So they figured we were going to look for this guy. He's a pretty boy. We were going to look for him. They went to the base, they went to the Rehov of the Zainais. They went to the streets of the prostitutes. And they were sure that Yosef was a prostitute. So they went through all the streets first before they went into Mitzrayim, looking for their brother, but he wasn't there. If you're looking for your brother in the house of prostitutes, then even if you see him clearly, but he's sitting at second to the king, it can't be. So automatically, if you're, if you're looking, like, to say, in all the wrong places, if you judge somebody, once you make a judgment on somebody, he can become the biggest tzaddik in the world, you won't see it. When you judge a kid, that's why the Ramam says, you're not allowed to teach a child that you don't like. 
You're not allowed to. You have to give up the class or he has to leave the class. Because once, once you judge a kid, once he's appointed, you know, he's a mocked kid, no matter how good he's going to become, you're just not going to see it. You just, you're going to say, yeah, but. Yeah, he knows the tomorrow, but. You're just not going to see it. So, so the toy was screaming at the brother, so to say, and the answer is, yeah. They were, they, they were looking for Yosef in a very different place. So now that they saw him, there was no recognition at all. I thought that was something that Rashim Shimpinko said, but it's not. It's a chidah. It's it's test vav in, in Pasha's Vayigash. Actually, in this in this in this Pasha, when he says, "I knew Yosef ha'ayd avichai," right? What a beautiful shot. Listen to this. This is mind boggling. So, what does Yosef say? I knew Yosef, right? When he breaks down to him, he says, "I knew Yosef. I am Yosef ha'ayd avichai." Is my father still alive? Well, yachlu. And his brothers were not able to answer. They lost their breath. According to many of the Midrashim and the Zayar, they actually died on the spot when they heard that. And Hashem gave them back their neshama. That's what the Zayar, a few Midrashim say. Because they were, what's Nevhalu? They were embarrassed or scared in, 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 front of him, in front of him. Listen to the Chidah. So the Chidah says the following. Harishayin and Pirshu, Harishayin say, the Amruzal ben Zikunim hulo. He was called the ben Zikunim, right? Yosef was called his ben Zikunim. What do you mean he was his ben Zikunim? He wasn't his ben Zikunim, guys. Who was, who was Yaakov's ben Zikunim? Ben Yaman. But if you look at the beginning of the Pasha, Vayera, right? It says, keep ben Zikunim hulo. So, so why is he calling him ben Zikunim? So, Chidah says, because, Ikunim shalom domalo. He was called Zikunim, Ben Zikunim, because Ikunim, the face, his, his, um, what do you look at someone from the side? What is this called? What? Profile. His profile, right? Was exactly the same. Vizehu shama, ani Yosef. He said, I'm Yosef. And I'm wondering, is my father still alive? Because my face looks exactly like my father's face. How could it be that they didn't recognize me? Must be my father's not alive. Right? So they don't know what my father... They don't see his face anymore. So they forgot what he looks like. So they didn't recognize me. So he got very nervous. Because he thought... How could they not recognize me? Must be. Dad died five years ago. And they don't know, they don't remember what he looks like. So therefore they don't recognize me. Now, if you're going to say, how could he think that dad died five years ago? When he asked them many times, how's my father doing? How's my father doing? Is because until now he really believed that his father was alive. But in Pashas, this Pashas like Yigash, Yehuda said something. And when he said this, Yosef said, oh my gosh, he's been lying to me the whole time. So now I don't believe that my father's alive. What did he say? He said, We told our father, We told our master, you, We have an old father and a young brother, And the other brother died. And Yosef said, He's lying. Because they didn't think, they, they sold me. Yehuda knew they sold me. So Yehuda in this week's parasha tells Yosef that the brother died. Why? Because they, he was scared. If he's going to, t- he, he, he didn't know Yosef was Yosef, right? So he's scared. If I'm going to tell this guy that my brother was sold 
He's going to say, you sold your brother? Where is he? Now I'm not giving you any food until you find him. So you're just like, we're not, go- we're not doing this. We're not-, we're not going through this. My brother's dead. But when he told that to Yosef, Yosef said, one second. He- he- to get out of trouble, he lied. He said, I'm dead. I know I'm not dead, right? So now I don't believe all the stuff he told about my father. Maybe that's also not true. So now he's saying, oh my goodness, says the Chidah. He doesn't recognize my, they don't recognize my face. So maybe dad died 10 years ago, and they don't know what he looks like anymore. They forgot what he looks like, so they don't know what I look like. So he got very nervous. So that's why he said, this is Neuridik. So that's why he said, They were not able to answer him. Why? What does the Pasuk say? Why, guys? Kinevhalumi what? Mipanav. From his face. They said, how can we not recognize How can we not recognize him? The minute he said Yosef, they were looking at their father again. The minute he said he's Yosef, he's not in the base Zoynois. Right? So he said, Kinevhalumipanav. They couldn't look at his face. They're like, oh my God. We, we didn't have to go through all this stuff. The first time we met him, if we wouldn't have judged him that he's in the base Zoynois, we would have seen right away his face, what it looks like, and this whole thing wouldn't have happened. So the whole thing happened only because we judged him. And they realized that their whole judgment, their whole life of judgment was wrong. Says the Medrash, says Rashi, when a person comes up to the next world, imagine these brothers who found out that the one judgment they made on their brother was wrong, and their whole life was based on a lie. All the stuff that they judged him was based on a lie. Says, oh, when a person comes to the next world, and all his stuff was based on a lie. And you can't come back. Here they could do tshuva. There it's too late. Yeah, but, uh, that, uh, but I meant, but, and they're like, nah, it's Shemayim. We know what you meant. You can't, you can't tell us no stories, but you meant, and you thought. We know what you thought. So he says, here, imagine how, how embarrassed they were. And, and, and because their whole thing would, they could have, they could have just looked at his face, but they made a judgment. So that, so, so the Chido says, Panim Shalai, Omni Ka'ayim Panim Shayakavavinu. The Eichlohikiruhu. How could they not recognize him? The answer is because when we make a judgment, we just we just don't see the other we just don't see the other person, even if it's staring in front of us. Because sometimes our judgment and what we think we just get in the way. We just get in the way. The brothers were looking at Yosef the whole time. So now when he removed the veil, he didn't change, he didn't, he didn't shave, he didn't do anything. All he said is, you guys, I'm Yosef. All that you thought about me was wrong. And all of a sudden, they saw the same face they were looking at the whole time. They saw their father. They couldn't handle that. They were actually looking at Yosef at the same time they saw their father. And they saw what they did to him. And they saw that they were wrong. And that their whole thing that he deserved to die because they spoke Lashon Hara. They saw it all in that moment. Kinev Halumi Panov. Actually his face. They were, they were scared of his face. Because his face was the face of Yaakov. Godless. Godless. And it, it happens so many times. We just... I mean, you know, the girls that, the girls that I teach, their, 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 their biggest taina to me is that... Um, that, that, that the Jewish world that they live in is so judgmental. 
judgmental and the non-Jewish world is not so judgmental and you guys judge by you know what a person looks like and the length of their skirt and, and, and I'm a good person inside I get this all the time I may not keep Shabbos I may not do this but I'm a good person inside first of all you can't judge that Hashem is telling you what's good for you Neshama you can't say I like orange juice I'm putting it in the engine of my car the, the, manual, the manual says you kind of put gas in but orange juice tastes much better than gas I know but there's a manual Hashem gives us a manual so you can't say what's good for your soul what's good for my soul is what Hashem tells you what Hashem is good but, but they feel very much that you're, that, that you're a judge so I always do this with my high school girls I'm like so you really feel that people are very unfair they judge you you're wearing a miniskirt you're wearing pants or you have a piercing right the minute you walk into the room everybody's judging you I'm like if I honestly if Rabbi Wallerstein well you know the principal must lose Rabbi Goldsberg gets a nice long beard Right? So I said, imagine you don't know me at all. You don't know Rabbi Growth, but you don't know anybody. And you're coming in for your first interview. Right? And the secretary says, go down, there's two people meeting in the, in the principal's office. Go speak to the rabbi, and he'll tell you what you need to bring to school. I'm like, I'm clean shaven. He's got a beard. You walk into the room, you see Wallerstein, and you see Grossberg. Who's the rabbi? I said, let's be honest. You're, you're the kid who's telling me about judgment call. Who's the rabbi? Rabbi Grossberg has a beard. I said, so you're not any better than anyone else. Manashtana. <laughs> Maybe I'm the rabbi. He happens to have a beard. Maybe he's Taliban. Maybe he's a Taliban guy with a beard. Right? Osama bin Laden had a beard. He looked like a rabbi. Right? He had a great, nice, white beard. Right? I said, so, I said, how could you make a judgment? Maybe the guy's Taliban. Maybe he's not a rabbi. Maybe a shaver broke for and he couldn't, buy, couldn't afford to buy a new one. Why am I not the rabbi? Because I don't have a beard. Right? Because one of us is the rabbi in your head. You're going to him. I said, so why are you any different? You're not any different. You make the same judgment calls as I do. In fact, I love doing this to them. In fact, you're even worse. Why? Because you're all religious people. They make the comment. All religious people judge us. So I'm like... You just judged all religious people. So you're more judgmental than I am. We judge, you know, a girl in pants. We don't judge all girls. Right? You, all religious people, right, judge us. So you're, you're just as judgmental. So, so what do I tell them? And, and, and we learned this from here. So, so how do you break that? How do you break that? Because we, we do have certain pictures. Even the walls, if I would walk in, and one of you boys would say, like, my Rosh Hashim is here. Right? And I walk into the next room and there's a clean-shaven man and a man with a long beard, uh, you know? I, I go to the man with a long beard and he's like, no, I'm not a Rosh Hashiva, I'm a collector. You know, from Eretz Yisrael, from my daughter. I live in Tzfas, you know? And the other guy's a Rosh Hashiva, whatever it is. But I would, I would also go to the man with the beard. So the answer is, the answer is, what Yosef, what Yosef HaTzadik was saying here and what Yosef HaTzadik did and what Avraham Avinu did, and that is, you can't make a judgment call until until you ask the person, until you find out what the person is all about, until you sit and talk to the person, and then you'll find out, then you can make the call. You can't make the call right away. In fact, that was his answer to them, and it was this beautiful, beautiful. They said, oh, beautiful, wow, Hashem is the best. Listen to this. We'll end with this. No, this is, so, this is, this is such fire. This is fire. Yosef HaTzadik, and when you give this over, this is how you have to give it over the Shabbos. So Yosef HaTzadik, we just said, he said, I don't understand, how could you not recognize my face, right? So what happens? So they don't, so he, he 
They couldn't answer him. Because they couldn't deal looking at his face. Because they made a judgment and they never saw that this guy sitting in front of them was Yosef, was Yaakov, and now all of a sudden, the same person they were looking for in the Bay Zionites is Yaakov Avinu. He's looking at their father's face. So Yosef Avinu said, now let me tell you what your mistake was. Next, Pasek. Next, no, actually one Pasek. No, next Pasek. So Yosef said, so how do we fix this? How do we fix that you judged me so wrong? As you said, I'll teach you how to fix it, brothers. You want to know who I am? Not vayar Don't look at me from afar. You want to know who I am? Come close. You come close. And if you would have come close, this whole thing wouldn't have happened. Next, next words, right? And listen to what happens. Vayigoshu, and they came close. He didn't say before I need Yosef Achichem. Before he said I need Yosef Here he's now close to them. He's like, I'm your brother. I'm the brother. I was always your brother. You sold me to Mitzrayim. Neiridik. So the Rufua for not recognizing my face is Yeshua Eli. If you would have come close to me by Yigashu. That's how you judge another person, not from afar. And he said, Ho'oid Avichai, instead of Ho'oid Avinuchai, it's their father. So he said, Is my father alive? He should have said, Is our father alive? Ho'oid Avinuchai. They knew, he knew it was their brothers. So he said something very beautiful. Yes, he said the following. Yes, he was very brilliant. He said the following Is my father alive? He's not your father. How do I know he's not your father? Well, this is what he was saying. He was saying, you did not treat me like a brother. If Yaakov is my father, and I'm not your brother, then how could he be your father? So in that one word, that he said, he gave him all the musr. It can't be. Either or. If he's, he's my father. That I know. But I'm not your brother. You never accepted me. So it's not a Vinu. He can't be a Vinu. Because if I'm his son and you're not my brother, then he can't be your father. Kishune Eli. The Musr of this week's parsha is Yasef telling his brothers, you, you looked at me from afar. That's why this whole story happened. He should have been close. Kishune Eli. By Yikshu, then he said, Achichem. Now we're all one. We should all be Zeichah. To see this actress and to get out of this goal has been very amazing. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.